Please be seated. Christian tradition reveres the parents of Jesus radically asymmetrically. Mary becomes the feminine face of God, while Joseph remains literal, physical, the human father of Jesus, the tecton, the carpenter. He establishes Jesus' Davidic pedigree and then disappears from the story after the birth and after this story in the Gospel of Luke about Jesus in the temple at age 12. And because of Mary's role in Luke as the ideal disciple, Luke diminishes Joseph's profile in this story of him in the temple. Mary is given the speaking lines, and there's an implied comparison between Joseph's house and Jesus' father's house, in which Jesus' father's house, his father's business, talking with the teachers sounds a lot more exciting than sticking with his parents in Jerusalem. And clearly this story is foreshadowing Jesus' identity as the Son of God, which is the point and trajectory of the Gospel of Luke. This asymmetry in the revering of the parents of Jesus is actually the opposite of some of the patterns of gender adulation in the Gospels, where male heroes are remembered and female heroes are forgotten. But it is the Gospel of Matthew that fills out the portrait of Joseph and makes him the hero of the infancy narrative. So let's contemplate this story. The first thing Joseph does. Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph, but before they lived together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. Her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and unwilling to expose her to public disgrace, planned to dismiss her quietly. But just when he had resolved to do this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph awoke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took her as his wife, but had no marital relations with her until she had borne a son, and he named him Jesus. A righteous man who has dreams, who gets instructions about a far-fetched divine plan, and who names the child. Joseph isn't given any words or any song. It would be wonderful to think of what Joseph's song might be. He is defined by what he refrains from doing. And he's remembered as the one who hears God say, do not be afraid. The second thing 
Joseph does. As political circumstances change and Herod establishes a dangerous new policy. Now after they had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. Joseph is the one who flees and hides and protects. Joseph is with us every day in this chapel in the icon from Egypt. Right back there on the wall, Jesus sheltering the mother and child on the donkey and then in the wonderful boat on the Nile. The one who flees and hides and protects. Then, another change of regime. And the climate for travel has changed. It's safe to cross the border. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, where those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. Flees, hides, comes out of hiding. And next, Joseph gets information and makes a judgment. This time, not in a dream from God, but makes a political calculation and a decision. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. If Advent is Mary's season of expectation and faithfulness and saying yes. I think we might consider how Lent could be Joseph's season. The season of Joseph as a parent fleeing persecution, suffering hardship, dislocation, and danger without knowing what would happen. Wanting to keep the family together. Like so many immigrant families in Austin, some at Minerva's Children's School, and in cities all over the United States. Reading the times, calculating the politics, and planning how to be safe in the face of suffering. A traumatic family journey with the endangered child. Joseph's dramatic heroism ends with this migration to Egypt and out. And a more mundane heroism begins.
the third thing, hardly a thing at all, really, the word tecton, carpenter, mentioned in Matthew and Mark. Jesus is the carpenter's son. Hard to say what that even meant. Many years of working, providing, making things. Scripture is silent about this time. That's despite all the pictures and paintings and all those things about Jesus in the carpenter's workshop. Scripture is silent. (laughs) What did this carpenter, carpenting, being a carpenter, making things out of wood, mean spiritually for Jesus? What did it mean for Joseph, for Mary? We know nothing. Perhaps Joseph died before Jesus was once again endangered. Scripture is silent. Before Jesus was once again endangered, endangered unto death. So let's think again about this gender asymmetry. I ask myself, is Joseph a model of masculinity? Or a model for men? Or maybe Joseph is an honorary woman in his background role in his disappearing, in his being comparatively forgotten by tradition. Maybe his ordinariness balances the Son of God identity about Jesus. Maybe Joseph is a saint for men and for women. A saint for men and women who dream of possibilities beyond the legal and the conventional. A saint for men and women who risk their lives to protect their families. Who suffer without knowing the outcome. Who work day by day to provide and nurture and parent. So today I give thanks for Joseph. For his distinguished ancestor. His righteousness his flight, his return, and his decision to settle in Galilee. And I give thanks also for his daily work of making useful things, unglamorous things, things that are as holy as all the things in Jesus' Father's house, the temple. For truly, in each glamorous and unordinary thing, and each ordinary day, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen.